Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports independent tech news directly. If you're not already, become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, November 21st, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And milking a very, starting to get very old and icy McDonald's uh, Coke, I'm Scott Johnson in Salt Lake City. And I'm uh, Roger Chang somewhere on the edge of LA County. Edge of tomorrow. That's how I Edge of tomorrow. And also the show's producer. And the edge of sanity. That's right. Uh, (laughs) Folks, uh, fair warning. If you're not in the United States, you may not realize it's Thanksgiving week here. So there will be no DTNS Thursday or Friday as we give thanks for our blessings and then spend all of our money on Black Friday. But we will be back with full shows on Monday. We're here today, though. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Facebook is rolling out its Your Time on Facebook tool that reports how many minutes you're spending using the Facebook app per device. Users can set a time limit and then receive a reminder to stop using Facebook when they reach that limit or ignore it. Uh, Google Assistant for iOS now has a Siri shortcut. Yeah, that's right. Mixing your voices, which lets you use Siri to ask Google Assistant something. Users can say, hey, Siri, then the Google Wake word to do anything they would normally do with the Google Assistant for iOS. Oh, I love this. I love this. Breaking breaking out of the chains. It's great. Yeah. I hope yeah. Cortana... It's, a little, it's slightly clunky, but I like it too. I hope Allie yeah. does it too. Uh, ESET security researcher Lucas Stefanko tweeted that he found 13 gaming apps from a single developer in the Google Play Store that were not gaming apps but malware. The apps have been installed an estimated 580,000 times or more and presented themselves as driving games though you never really got to play them because they were all buggy and they would crash. Behind the scenes, however, they were driving you crazy. But no, never mind. Behind the scenes, the original app's icon was deleted and malware was downloaded, which had full access to network traffic, though it's unclear what the malware did besides that, besides accessing that. The apps come from a domain registered to a developer in Istanbul. Google has since removed the apps from the Play Store. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the meeting of, of the big minds. Uh, peace at last. Peace in our time. Cooperation. Collaboration. Scott, tell us about it. This is mind-blowing. Uh, almost as mind-blowing as uh, Google Play not being a great place to go get apps, it turns out. Kind of bums me out. Anyway, hey, listen to this. Microsoft engineers are contributing code to Google Chrome browser. All right, you heard that right. Find folks behind Edge and before that, Internet Explorer are contributing their code to Google Chrome browser in order to let Chrome run natively in Windows on ARM processors. 
which is, you know, you're going to see a lot of smaller devices doing this. Qualcomm is also working on the project. Windows 10 for ARM uses an emulator to run x86 apps, but native apps run better, as you might imagine. And one of those apps that will soon run better would be Google Chrome. Yeah, uh, Windows, Microsoft doing this one right, right? Windows RT was kind of a wash because... They tried to port a few things over. They didn't have emulation, and it just didn't work. Uh, Windows for ARM, much better because you can emulate. So anything you have on x86, you can still run. But it's still an emulation. And I've used emulation for quite a few things in my time. I'm sure many of you have too. And you know that it's great when it works. But it doesn't always work. There's always little weird bugs and little weird things. So having a native app is better. And I like that Microsoft is saying, let's put the emulator out there. Let's use that to get people to be able to use these ARM-based devices. And then let's work on native apps. Then we start to move the ecosystem along. And reaching out to Google and saying, hey, we get it, man. We'd love if everybody used Edge, but they use Chrome. And if we want people to buy the devices that have Windows 10 on ARM, they're going to need to be able to use a really good version of Chrome. And Google's like, great, yeah, we'll do that. Love it. It kind of strikes me interesting that uh, the old areas where it felt like companies weren't budging on competitive stuff are the areas we're seeing crumble away. Sharing code, Mm -hmm. putting software on competing devices and also making your own hardware. Like that stuff seems to be going away in a a way that seems shocking if you just go back 10, 15 years and, and look at what things were like then. It was a very different approach by all of these companies. So I love that, but I also feel like they're just moving on to the next fights. Yeah. These, AI, these are not right. the important areas for the bottom line is what right. that means. Right. These are Words ways get- to get to other things. Yeah. This is interesting to me. Yeah. The information reports that Apple acquired a privacy-oriented AI company called Silk Labs, which crowdfunded a smart home monitoring camera back in 2016 that used facial and object recognition to recognize people and pets, only sending key moments to the cloud and anonymizing data. Yeah, oh. I, this this one's getting a lot of buzz today because Apple did it without people realizing it till the information uh, dug this up. And of course, everybody's wondering when Apple's going to come with some kind of AI uh, smart display, home security mm-hmm. system beyond just HomeKit. Uh, and this seems to point in that direction. It in and of itself, though, is not surprising. Apple is you know, doubling down on privacy all the time. I mean, Tim Cook's out there on a little campaign talking about how Apple's the only one that cares about your privacy. So buying a privacy-oriented AI company so that they could make these kinds of devices that are often associated with being a little creepy in a way that secures your privacy makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, it seems likely that they would because um, there's nothing about this that says whatever the company's doing now with the way it shares information or the way it uploads anything and stays in the cloud or whatever, none of that has to, has to stick. And in fact, you would imagine if Apple really got their hands on this and did something to it, they would probably make it. So if you wanted to, you could share data uh, with other people over iCloud and say, here's my live security camera, check it out, make sure everything looks good. I'm, I'm out of a connection right now because I'm traveling or whatever. I could see them doing all of those things. This to me, despite the, you know, kind of, everyone freaking out about it really doesn't seem that freaky to me. It seems right in line with something I might expect to come from Apple. And also facial recognition is right in line with what they're trying to do with face ID and converting a lot of their devices and services to, to be smarter sort of AI recognition products and not something about your thumb or about passwords. So uh, none of this seems shocking. And it also seems like maybe something cool will come out of it, but I bet we're a ways off from that. Like an Apple branded security system, I, I think is a ways off. Hey, I mean, unless they, 
I don't know, somehow bundled this into the HomePod? I don't know. Or a, I, it, a, a new version of a HomePod, maybe? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's sort of like, okay, well, the HomePod hasn't exactly been selling like hotcakes, but it's also, it's not that competitively priced. Um, and some people argue that Siri is not as good as some of the other assistants. So, okay, well, how do, how do you make that better rather than just add some other security camera type thing to the lineup? You wouldn't put it in your Apple TV, mostly because a lot of those are obscured by media centers and stuff. I don't know. I'm just, just mm-hmm. thinking out loud. Just spitballing. Uh, Amazon's going to launch a newscaster-style speaking voice for its voice assistant in a few weeks so that your text-to-speech readings, particularly of articles, will sound like a newscaster is reading. And if you're, if you're having your echo read you a story, it can sound like it's being read by a news reader. The new style option uses NTTS or neural text to speech that uses machine learning to generate the expressive voices. They're also going to improve the default echo voice as well so that it sounds more natural. Amazon currently uses an older tech called concatenative speech synthesis. You've probably heard that one described. It's how they do Siri. It's how Google used to do Google Assistant. They just assemble words from individual phonemes. So they have someone record them in a bunch of different ways so that they can sort of fake the expression. Uh, The AI version learns the expression and emulates it. Google has also switched to machine learning to generate its voice assistant speech patterns. And Amazon says it only took a few hours worth of data to train the newscaster style voice. Now here, I want to play a a few of these and you guys tell me what you think. This is the Amazon Alexa we get right now. Grand Central Terminal Open. And this is the next one. San Francisco's $2.2 billion Grand Central Terminal Open. Spanning three city blocks. This one is the newscaster style. San Francisco's $2.2 billion Grand Central Terminal Open. Spanning three city blocks. San Francisco's $2 billion transit terminal is open. This is after nearly a decade under construction. Not perfect, but better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's not going to fool anybody, but it's definitely... well, I was gonna, I was about to say it's a lot more pleasant. I don't know. If you just care about the information, maybe you don't care. But as somebody who talks for a living, I think that, yeah, that newscaster type voice can be very soothing. I think it's uh, enunciation and, and, and emphasis. I think that stuff's important to the way we hear things. And the better they get at that, I think that's a really good move. It would also be really cool if they could get to a place where you could pick a style. So, Tom, you're a huge BBC fan. How would you like one of those dry freaking BBC news? The time is 4.30. Greenwich Mean Time, guys. One of those guys at the end of your thing. Or give yeah, us a absolutely. 19 answer. Like, I'd take all those variations. It'd be a fun way to consume content that I otherwise might be too tied up to read or push to, you know, send it to an email later or do other some other thing with it and never actually get to it. I'd much rather listen to something that seemed at least like it it could talk like a person. You have so. received a package containing shoelaces. Yes, just like that. <laughs> That's the right emphasis on all of it. Package and shoelaces. Uh, my problem with their example is they they have a, a news story about the building that's already closed because of cracks in, <laughs> in its beams. So I'm like, why did you use the opening of the Transbay Tower in, in San Francisco as your example? But I, I guess most people won't notice that. Sure, why not? Uh, scientists at Harvard. That's right. We're Harvard men today and women. Uh, have developed something called a meta-corrector. Yeah, that's right. This improves on compounded lenses used in images. A single layer of nanopillars spaced less than a wavelength apart manipulates the phase, amplitude, and polarization of the light. 
It's cheaper and more efficient at correcting chromatic uh, aberrations like purple halos than a typical compound lens. I have a friend who's really excited about this, by the way. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it can be used in all kinds of optical systems, and the team plans to continue improving efficiency for use in miniature optical devices. I would assume this would mean cameras and things because my friend who programs for uh, specifically for Android-based cameras on Android devices, and I don't know who he actually works for. I just know he does this. He's flipping out about this. He sent me a copy of, uh, or a link to this article uh, before I even knew it was going to be in the show today. And he's like, dude, you have no idea. This is a life changer. This is huge stuff. We are all over this, blah, 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 blah. I still don't totally understand it. But hey, better optics means better cameras, means better, uh, probably a future of actual uh, enhance and zoom like in the movies, like for real. Uh, this is yet another step in that tech direction. Yeah, I, I bet being a programmer of, of of this type of stuff, like your friend Scott, is 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 much more. It would be very eye opening because, of course, I read this and I go, "Wow, sounds like magic." But are purple halos that big of an it's, issue? I don't know. But, it, but I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, but I was just saying, like, if you're a consumer, what this will manifest itself is if you have a camera, especially if you use an SLR. Oftentimes, when you get lenses, especially uh, zoom lenses. Those are made up of compound lenses. And what you get when you take a photo is you get a purple edge to the very edge of your photo. And you'll see it if you zoom in. It's just a little purple haze. And that's one of the like bugbears of using those styles of lenses, which is why most people use primes, is that you get that. But being eliminated, that's huge because it's something that's been with us for a generation or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, and Gadget points out that the actual technology of optical compound lenses dates from around 1730. Now we've, we've refined how they work, but they, but the essential way they work hasn't changed in a long time. So this is a, a, a ridiculously momentous moment. <laughs> I guess that's redundant. This is momentous for people in, in optics because you know, the upshot for us as consumers is we get cheaper, more lightweight, lenses in our devices which yeah. is going to make for better by the way this friend i mentioned would be a great stuff. guest on the show sometime but he's oh, okay. also kind of he's kind of weird so i don't know <laughs> so in other words he'd make an excellent guest on the show he might make an incredible best guest you ever had i don't know <laughs> yeah. so what you're saying right is he'd in. fit in really well yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Does he listen to the show? Because now we know you're weird. (laughs) I don't think he does, but maybe. (laughs) never know. Those lens guys. Mm. Hey, Amazon warned on Tuesday that some customer names and email addresses in the UK, the US, and across Europe were exposed due to a technical error on its website. The company says it's fixed the issue and informed customers who might have been affected. But Amazon did not say how many users were affected how this exposure happened, or whether any of the exposed data was actually accessed by anyone else. Yeah, it's not the best disclosure ever. Uh, so I, no. I'm sort of on, on the side of Zach Whitaker, who took Amazon to task for not responding with a whole lot of information, if any, uh, when, at, when pressed for details. O- on the other hand, I, it is just name and email address. And I, I'm not trying to belittle that, but it's 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 an exposure of your name and email address. Names and email address have been exposed a lot. Uh, a lot of times people expose them themselves by putting their name and email address on the internet in public. Uh, yes, you should have control about when that happens, but this is not 
personal data like social security numbers, health information, financial stuff. It's a very low risk item. And it was an exposure. And I think that's where where I really do side uh, with the folks criticizing Amazon is letting us know how that exposure happened, I think is important to assessing whether it was taken advantage of or not. Uh, mm-hmm. Because exposure doesn't mean access. If they caught the fact that they were in public and no one else noticed, then no harm done. Uh, they may not know whether anyone noticed or not, and that that's sometimes hard to tell. But knowing how it happened kind of helps me at least wrap my head around like, okay, no one probably saw it, or ooh, that's on a public server that shows up on some of these dark web search engines. That one probably did uh, get accessed by people. But again, in the end, I, I think we I, I don't want to I don't want to let Amazon off the hook, but we should be we should be careful about saying like, okay, but let let's. Let's not overreact to this. It is, it is less of a of a of an exposure than it could have been. Yeah. The only thing that would be a big deal for, and I agree with everything you said, Tom. That would be a big deal for me is if Amazon uh, didn't uh, disclose the number of users and it was some huge crazy number. Because I always because I'm just I'm just suspicious of everyone. So it's like if you don't give me a number, then I assume it's actually quite yeah. a few people, or. If we find out later that the data was accessed and Amazon knew about it and just decided not to disclose it, that would be cause for real concern. Yeah, and there's no reason to think that that second thing happened at all. Uh, right. And if your email was was thought to have been exposed, they've contacted you. Amazon has sent emails to anybody that they thought would be affected by this. Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. Uh, Daily Tech Headlines will not be taking Thursday and Friday off, thanks to Rich Straffolino, who'll be filling in doing the headlines, so keep an ear out for those. Let's talk about the Wall Street Journal reporting its sources, saying Amazon is out there trying to get retail stores, restaurants, gas stations to accept Amazon Pay. Amazon Pay is accepted in Whole Foods, because Amazon owns Whole Foods. It's accepted in the Amazon stores that are out there, uh, the, the bookstores that they've opened, and it usually works as a QR code rather than NFC. So it's not like Android Pay or Samsung Pay or Apple Pay. Uh, you just show a QR code and then they use that uh, to access your account securely. And and Bob's your uncle, you've, you've paid. That's, that's a benefit because if you're not someone with a smartphone, especially in developing markets where maybe smartphones aren't as common, you might still have a phone with a screen that can display a QR code, right? You may not have a phone that can handle NFC. You may not have an account like that, but maybe you do have an Amazon account. That's what Amazon's banking on. It made me think, though, that we're starting to run into a, a world, and now that more places are accepting NFC payments, and I, I'm more often running into logos that have the Android guy, have the Samsung logo, have the Apple symbol, that Visa and MasterCard are kind of becoming DOS. <laughs> they're, they're still there. They're still operative. They're still important, but they're getting pushed into the background because these other systems are running on top of them. And we're starting to see Apple and Google, particularly, and other big country companies, and, and Amazon wants to be one of those companies, uh, becoming our payment option. Is, do, are we okay with that? If, if you walk up and instead of seeing Visa, MasterCard, American Express, you see Apple, Google, Amazon? Well, isn't it more like uh, it's to me, it feels more like the difference between checks and credit cards. And, you know, for the longest time, you could take a check anywhere, go to McDonald's, buy your food, give them a check at the window. 
nobody does that anymore. In fact, nobody really accepts those anymore. But checks are still a thing. If you yeah. need to move some money around, you got to do a thing, pay somebody for a service. You still use checks. It feels like credit cards as a as a as a traditional way of paying, or I guess credit cards are becoming a traditional way of paying, and they probably won't go away. Certainly not in the long term. Um, but it does feel diminished. I mean, it does to me. The only problem I have is I don't love that that the that the idea would be in the future or now or whenever that the way you ba- you buy anything is tied to a giant search engine company, a giant uh, retailer a giant uh, device manufacturer or whoever it may be. That's a little weird because now the battleground is all about what brand of thing do you use? And I guess the battleground was about Visa, MasterCard, Discover, whatever. And those were kind of a brand fight. But it's not as if Visa and MasterCard and Discover and the others didn't also have data on what you were buying. I mean, it's, I mean, the whole Equifax thing is based on that, right? Exactly. Well, I I use Apple Pay. Well, it's been every morning for a few weeks now because a local coffee shop accepts it and it works out nicely. But I mean, that's still tied to a Visa card that I've, you know, hooked into Apple Pay. The idea of the QR codes with Amazon, because I've used that at home. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Foods works like a charm. I, I feel like for anybody who's running a business, it's almost just like, does the point of sale situation seem cluttered? Does it work? You know, what are the customers, you know, clamoring for more of? And I don't see that many people. It depends on where you are, of course, but I don't see that many folks at my local coffee shop, for example, using my, you know, my, my little tapper. In fact, half the time the baristas are charging it and I have to like ask. Well, hold, but- hold on. I, I will jump in here because I know like all of Australia is now standing up and yelling at you right now. Like that's because <laughs> you're in the United States, right? Uh, mm. Tapping is 
the norm in a lot of other countries. So yeah, that's true. Sure. Sure. But again, yes, it depends on, it depends on where you are. And, and again, if you know, the nation of Australia um, can spread the word to a lot of other places where people are like, "Eh," you know, I'm pretty much just or Samsung pay or anything. (laughs) That's where this all drives forward. Yeah. We're the backwards ones though. This is where the U S centric nature of us living in the U S does blind us because tapping is common anywhere in the developed world except for the united states like we we are behind that curve but i still think we're catching up i'm seeing it more often uh the fact that cvs over here has it the fact that almost every independent retailer shop that i go to has it where i have run into it being a mess is contractors so we you know i just bought a house we just moved into a new house had to have a sewer line replaced, had to have the sprinkler system worked on, had to hire a gardener, had to get some roofing repair done. Every single one of them wanted to be paid in a different way. Chimney sweep wanted Venmo. The roofer guy wanted a check. Uh, the sprinkler guy wanted a credit card. The, the sewer people were like, we can we can take multiple ways. Like, it seems but, like but there's no... But why is no... that a nightmare to you? No, but I... I well... Because what if I'm not Tom Merritt, host of Daily Tech News Show, who has all these things, and somebody's like, hey, can you pay with Venmo? You're like, what's Venmo? I don't have that, right? You know, and somebody else is like, well, I want to check. And I'm like, check? I don't have a checking account. What are you, from the 1700s? Like, it's it's not meshing. There's We used to have, like, cash or check. Those are your only ways to pay. Then credit cards came along. All right, cash, check, or charge. But now we've got 1,500 different options out there. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I was just thinking about this, and I don't know if this holds any water or not, but if there was no such thing as credit cards up till now, and let's say we've been tapping and paying with phones, and there just was never that interim period where we had credit cards, and I know this is a little bit of a stretch, but just hear me out. It feels like if somebody tomorrow came out and said, guys, what if you could pay with this super thin piece of plastic that fits in your wallet, it's got a little strip on it, you can either manually enter the data or you can slice it or, you know, swipe it on a thing. Okay. What if you could pay with that? How cool would that be? We'd all go, oh, dude, that's so cool. Nothing in my wallet. And my point is, I don't think credit cards are that uncool. And in fact, like Sarah said, a lot of these <laughs> right. devices are already tapping into existing credit cards. And so I just wanted to throw that out there because at the end of the day, we've seen them forever. So we're kind of sick of them. We think of them as old hat, but they're kind of rad. If you think about it, this little card. I feel like <laughs> if someone did a Kickstarter for a credit card, uh, it would actually be that one thing that allowed you to have store all your credit cards on a card. It was like 50 yeah. bucks and I it would that. fail, uh, which it did. Uh, but no, I, what I was going to say is if someone tried to spin this as a, as a credit card, people would say, why can't I just have that on my phone? Which is mm-hmm. what people say about a lot of devices. Well, can't I just do that on my phone? I think that's what people want. Yeah, I mean, and in my alternate history, uh, there's no, I, I don't, I don't have enough ground to stand on, I don't think. But uh, the, yes, I think people do want all their stuff on their phone. The bigger issue is, should the people who make the phones or have their names on the phones, should they be the ones that control the future of this? Uh, or more importantly, why hasn't Mastercard, why hasn't Visa, why haven't those guys thought further ahead, made better deals, maybe with these phone manufacturers? Maybe it doesn't matter because ultimately having that money flowing through the system is what Apple and Samsung and, and Google and everybody wants. They all want a piece of that. So maybe this is just one of those industries that's going to get split, whether we like it or not. But uh, yeah, it's just weird to think that one day that may, those may be all the major names. What do you guys take? Oh, we take Amazon, uh, Google and Apple. 
And they used to say we take American Express, Discover, and Visa. It's just a very odd shift. I think there's there's. But, a, I mean, yeah, unless you have to open an Apple bank account and a Google bank account or what account, right? Take the name, uh, take the word bank out of it. That would be really annoying to me. Otherwise, it's just a form of taking the money that's only in one place in the beginning. You don't, don't have know. to have an what Apple ID or a Google ID to use both. So you're basically opening an account of a sort. Mm-hmm. I suppose. I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Well, I think consolidation is on the way in, in this arena. So it'll be interesting to watch. Hmm. Well, also very interesting to watch is our subreddit every day because you subredditors give us really good stories. You can submit them and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Tech News Show. In fact, I posted a cool announcement not one hour ago on our Facebook group. So if you haven't been there in a while, go check it out. Do that. And then email us what you think. Feedback at DailyTechNewsShow.com. And we'll read some of your responses in the mailbag. <laughs> Correct. Like the one from Joe who wrote in. He was agreeing with Patrick Beja's reservations about Google adding saved transcriptions to its call screening feature. Tom and I were like, eh, it's no big deal. And he was like, well, I don't know. There might be some privacy stuff going on here. Joe says, I myself can picture a scenario where calling somebody and being sent to an automated Google assistant I may mutter a few choice things while having to interact with yet another phone bot, things I would never say to that actual person, and having those words transcribed and sent to the callee alongside my much more carefully worded voicemail. Get a little bit of that. I thought I was on mute feeling just thinking about it. Most people don't consider interactions with Amazon's voice assistant or Siri or automated phone trees to be conversations and might be unguarded in expressing frustration or asides to other people nearby. We know that these are machines or services and not actual people with feelings. But I think features like this blur the lines a little bit and may lull people who don't realize how it works into saying things that they otherwise wouldn't and have unfri- uh, unintended rather effects. Maybe you get unfriended too on the recipients. It's almost the flip side of the concerns that people had about Google duplex potentially tricking people into thinking it was an actual person. Joe says, I'd almost prefer that scenario to be the opposite. Well, two things. Duplex is the technology that's making this happen. (laughs) And uh, the other thing is, if you know you're talking to a computer, it's all about transparency. If you know that it's going to be transcribed, then you won't mutter. So, uh, And that's kind of where we ended up yesterday is they they should make it clear if they don't. And 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 also, I think important to note is the transcription was already possible. It was just more limited. So having something that's saved doesn't mean that the person wasn't already Already seeing you utter your choice phrases (laughs) (laughs) while they screened you in real time. I'm always reminded that it was 1992 that someone demoed for me. I worked for a computer company. Somebody demoed for me some very early, and I think it was Microsoft, voice tech, uh, Dragon something. I don't remember. Dragon Naturally Speaking. That's it. And... uh, it's me occasionally that we are just now seeing the promise of that being fulfilled. Yeah. So sure. I just like to point that out. We were once way back. We're just getting there. So all these things are possible and more. Well, we love it that you make it possible for us to hang out with you every Wednesday, Scott Johnson. Darn near anyway. Uh, let folks know uh, besides hopefully having a really nice Thanksgiving, uh, what you've been up to. Well, uh, I do have a, a new thing I'm doing that I may as well let people know about because it's actually airing on Thanksgiving. Unlike most shows, I don't have that day, but we are doing this one by the request of my co-host. And you're like, Scott, what are you even talking about? 
We're now two episodes in on, on our way to a third of a, I guess you can call it a couple's cast, but for whatever reason, for all my time in podcasting, Kim and I, my wife, have never really thought about sitting down and doing something together. It just never really worked out that way. We didn't think about it. It was never really an option. Then she guest hosted on my morning show a couple of times and it hit us. That was really fun. We actually have a really good chemistry. Why aren't we doing this more? So now we are. It's called Skim, the Scott and Kim Johnson show. And it's on every Thursday at 5 p.m. Mountain uh, live. If you want to watch it that way at frogpants.tv. But if you'd rather get it on the podcast, frogpants.com slash skim is where to find it. And we're having a really great time and I think people might enjoy it. So come check it out and see why I hate Hallmark Channel Christmas movies and why she loves them. Ah, Christmas Prince has a sequel. That's not Hallmark, but it's Netflix. Uh, Thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon. Uh, We have a special offer right now for two weeks only. If you become a patron or stay a patron between now and December 5th at 12 Pacific, you'll get a holiday postcard with a special message from one of us on the DTNS team. Remember, you have to give us your mailing address to get the card, which you can add in your settings. Uh, Sign up at patreon.com slash DTNS. If you got feedback for us, well, I've got good news because we have an email address. And that email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Keep them coming, everybody. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2130 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Again, off tomorrow for Thanksgiving and Friday, back Monday. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.